I take this step for my country, for my people, for the Marxist Leninist of life. Knowing that today is but one small step on the journey that someday will take us all to the stars. Welcome back to Beerus, Beats, and Bob, where we, your co-hosts, Kate and Lisa, take you through the For All Mankind series on Apple TV. And wow, it's what a great show. What a time to what a time. be I'm watching wearing, TV. I'm, yeah, I'm wearing my More Gays in Space shirt for Cade, Hell who yeah. had some disappointments about some things that we're going to talk about later in the episode. Disappointments, but also excitements. There's Disappointments there's, and excitements. This episode giveth and it taketh away. It does. It does. It doth. Sorry, it doth. It doth. <laughs> um, so we are covering episode four of season one. It's called Prime Crew. Um, it is written by Naren Shankar and directed by Alan Coulter. I want to shout out for Naren Shankar because he actually was this director, was a was a co-producer, I think, or co uh, a co-showrunner. Uh, of this show that I love that is like so random and obscure and no one knows it and um, it's called Almost Human. It's with Michael Ealy who I like think is one of the most beautiful men in the whole world and it's basically about this like cop, robot cop, co-fighting team and like but it's really cool because they like it's one of those like low budget sci-fi things where it's like they actually like get into really interesting moral questions. It's like a lot about um, you know like basically crime moves too fast for the criminal justice system and so like they're always trying to keep up i i should really rewatch it because i like love it so much but that i loved dope. it so much i would watch then, like, that yeah um, i mean it's very fun yeah but naren shankar also co-showrunner of the expanse yes yes well i that one was an obvious one well know, i didn't so, know like, i looked it up um, I mean, but I mean, like the expanse is like so popular. I did let me talk sure. about my little silly. No, I'm show. very. I'm. You've recommended <laughs> that show before, and I want to check it out. Um, I don't even know if it's on anything. Like it's probably on like one of those free channels with ads. It's like the only way you can get it is on a channel where like nobody actually cares. But I love this show. It's like it's. It, I think you'd like it too. It's it's dumb and fun. It's like <laughs> yeah. There's. I kind of want to do a podcast on it because no one cares about it. Let's get to the end of this one and see where we're at. You know what I mean? Well, I just just because no make one a cares. podcast for like five people. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I think I got two seasons. I can't remember. It was one or two, and then I like canceled <laughs> it. Um, but it's a great show. Anyway, Naren, so, Naren um, Shankar is also an executive producer of this show. As oh nice. As was Nicole Beatty, who wrote last week's episode. I did not shout out that she's also a co-executive producer. Nice. Yeah. Love this for all of it. Um, a quick note on the name before we go to our beers. Um, so the name references like the prime crew. So there's always a prime crew and a backup crew. Mm. And so the backup crew is a crew that would fill in if the prime crew could not. Um, and so this has only happened. Oh, and then they were rotated. So, like, Apollo 8's backup was Apollo 11 in real life, for example. Mm. Um, and it's only ever happened that the backup crew has been used, and that was on Gemini 9 and Apollo 13. Um, and Apollo 13 was just three days before launch because uh, Ken Mattingly was exposed to a child with German measles. Yeah. And he had no immunity. If we watched so, Apollo 13, you would learn more about all of this. I'm going to watch Apollo 13. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's the only two times it happened in real life. 
Very interesting. It which does is, not happen is, this time. It is the prime crew, indeed. It is the prime crew, as the name indicates. And the episode is set from July 28th, 1970 to October 18, 1971. Cool. And on that, what are you drinking today? I decided to do a, a subtle little shout out for some of the revelations in this episode. I'm drinking Dyke beer. Yay! <laughs> this is not a beer made by someone with an unfortunate last name. This is a lesbian motherfucking beer. For I a lesbian these people motherfucking through people. Yeah. Uh yes, that's actually really clever. Um good thing I didn't get Dyke beer too. Um <laughs> mine actually was like originally for This is actually for a lot of people in this episode. I'm drinking um Subtle Shade. <laughs> <laughs> which is a saison by resident culture and the seed i think it might be a collaboration which is a brewed by resident culture which is from charlotte um i actually had one that i really wanted to get that i because i've just come back from raleigh and there was a beer there that would be perfect and i was devastated because i didn't have checked luggage so i couldn't pack it <sighs> um called trophy husband which i really wanted to get for Wayne Cobb, who I love. Uh, <laughs> and like was, a little bit Gordo as well. I mean, a little bit Gordo too, but the subtle shades just for like everybody. But like, you know, like it's for, it's for Ed, it's for Tracy, it's for Karen, it's for everyone. It's all for the, Molly. All Molly's the not trophy subtle. husbands in this episode. Okay. Are we ready to get into the episode? Let's get right into it. As does this episode, no cold open. No cold open. We just open where we finish with them putting out the fire from Patty's accident. Yeah. Rough. It was a big old fire. Yeah. Huge fire. No one's walking um, out of that. Yep. Yeah. We go to four days later. Molly's drinking at the outpost. I love that the three women come in. They're like, we knew you'd be here. They've come from Pam, uh, from Patty's service. And, um, you know, Pam pours them all out some shots. Yeah. If, and they do a little if, cheers to Patty. Well, let's cheers to Patty. I do not need a shot cheers of whiskey right now, but I will cheers no my beer to Patty. No shots of whiskey. We can cheers our beers. <laughs> um, and Molly's, like, you know, pretty upset, but also, like, pretty convinced and, like, I guess not wrongly so that the program's going to be over now because no one's going to watch, like, want to watch women dying. In yeah. Planes. And if not for Deke Slayton, she would be right. Yes. Oh my God. Deke Slayton. I cheered so much more than I wanted to for that. He, he just, oh my God. I, the amount of times I said, fuck yes, Deke. Like I was just like, he's just doing all the things. Yeah. He's we can talk it about right. also like, it right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of shitty men and then there's a lot of really great men and we have like things to discuss at the end of this. Um, but anyway, so, um, Tracy comes home, Gordo's like asleep on the couch with the kids. It's kind of cute. It's he like cute. put them to sleep reading the flight plan, which yeah. I think is great. <laughs> um, she sort of says that she wonders if she's doing the right thing by being like an astronaut. Yeah. She's worried and, she's not being a good mom. Yeah. And, and Gordo's super, for Gordo's credit, Gordo's so hard on all of this because sometimes he says like exactly the right thing. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes he absolutely does not. And it's like, so this is an, this is a right thing moment where he's like, that's no, it's really cool. She's like going out of space and like helping the kids with the homework. Um, yeah. Which, which that like was really low key. Like he says all the right things, but what he's saying there and she calls him on it is like, oh, you didn't do their homework. Like, oh, yeah. I have to wake up in the morning and do their homework with them. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but like, he still says it all in the right way and is very sweet and supportive. And then, yeah, they do a little, I love you. Like, it's very cute. Yeah. Um, we go to a call. 
with Ed Baldwin. I had no idea what was going on the first time I watched this. He's just like not able to speak on this phone call. And it turns out it's Patty's dad. Yeah. Um, who's like angry at him for the yeah, accident. Don't make this phone call. Yeah. I think I think that he was like I I it feels like Ed was calling him to offer his condolences because they didn't see each other at the funeral or something. Yes. But like it's funny because I it took me a couple of times watching it, but the last time I watched it. It occurred to me that we have, like, a kind of thematic link of, like, Ed and how he feels about being, like, a trainer and a role model. Like, I didn't actually tie this to, like, him trying to teach Shane how to ride, but, like, it kind of all is together. Yeah, actually. totally. Like, we've got this, like, arc of him just feeling like he he's letting everybody down and, and can't be that guy. Yeah, like, Molly won't let him be in charge and let him teach her. And he, you know, he thinks that he failed Patty. And yeah, we'll we'll talk about the, the bicycle stuff. Um, oh, yeah. But he like breaks the phone in a rage. He does. Yeah. So I want to um, I want to amend my big complaint from last week's episode, which was the final scene. Um, I now believe that Ed completely forgot that Tracy was there. And mm. he was very upset about this, and he saw his work husband running up to him, and he just gave him a big hug because he's so upset. Yeah. And could like was like, "Oh, Gordo, you came here to comfort me." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Uh, he's very emotional as men be, and he breaks the phone. He picks up the chair, and Karen's like, "No." Go mow the lawn. I thought that was great. Go yeah. mow the lawn. And you hear him go to mow the lawn. I'm like, this is great, actually. Rage Channel mine. that into something productive. Yes. Go mow the lawn. Go, Karen. Yeah. Smashing the chair is um, is a more difficult work. Well, I don't know. Now they don't have a phone. Like, they have to go get a phone, probably. To- yeah, it's not like they can order one on Amazon. <laughs> Maybe they have multiple phones. I think they're kind of rich, so. Yeah, you know. no, they probably... They probably yeah. do, but still. Okay, and then we get John Glenn. John Glenn. Um, very strong. I thought it was so interesting. You've got this guy who's like clearly so against women's participation in space, and Margot's like fawning over herself to show him to see Deke. Oh, that's not Margot. Oh, sorry. Is it, is it not Margot? No, or it's some a girl, different, some woman. It's a different woman. That might it might have been the secretary from the last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so but the, it was. Um, oh, sorry, I misread my notes. But this woman is like fawning over herself to show him in, and I'm just like, yeah. Um, and I think you sucks. hear. I think it's another woman's voice that says like, "Oh, that's John Glenn." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, fuck this guy, actually. Yeah, I don't think they. You know, they probably don't know that he is such a misogynist shitty person yeah um, but yeah i thought it was interesting and like good on them for basically using the quote that he gave to yeah the hearing irl about like a woman's place is not in space yeah also That's i love deep just being stuff. like a woman already did land on the moon yeah. like that has already happened so like it's not like it's not possible <laughs> um and you know and then we kind of like they have this conversation about like you know, Deke being, like, I think we, I, I guess that probably in the show we didn't necessarily know this. There's a lot of digs at it, but, like, I think this is the first time that we actually, in the show, like, learn about the um, atrial fibrillation or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can kind of see why, like, Deke has sympathy for 
these women and all of that. Yeah, yeah. They are, um, if not for his intervention, they would be on a similar journey. Like, yeah, yeah, going through all of this to be denied by something that um, it. I mean. I don't know anything about atrial fibrillation. It sounds like the general consensus is that's not enough of a reason to ground someone. Um, yeah, I think that in real life, uh, he managed to eventually pass the yeah. um, physical and get up to space. So, um, yeah, so uh, this is like a, you know, shout out to Deke for being great this whole conversation. You can tell that like his closeness to the program and the fact that he's been working with this women he's like come to respect them a lot and um and you see that a couple times in this episode well actually in the next scene you see this with gene kranz um where he's giving a presentation and uh and this fucking guy yeah yeah uh was like oh yeah thomas Paine. he's like oh that's just werner's girl and gene's like uh no Margot is a flight dynamics officer and she's making a very good point. And I'm like, fuck yeah. 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 Like the the back to back of those scenes of like mm. demeaning these women and like these men saying that they like they don't deserve to be there is. With, um, but the, with, by really men who aren't there. By men who yep. are not there. Yep. And not doing it. Ain't that always the way. Yeah. And what is like John Glenn? He's like a, basically become like a figurehead, right? Like just like this you know, poster boy for NASA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Thomas Paine is like a pol- politician, like political whatever. It's like these men are not on the ground working with these people and the men who are are like, no, give them their fucking flowers. They're doing great. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I do, I appreciate that the show, like they could have taken the stance that like every man at NASA would have been pissed about this. Like they could have mm. written the show that way. And I'm glad like this is like a little bit of a fantasy series. And I'm glad that so many of the men who are working alongside these women are just supportive and that's it. And there's not a hint of I mean, there's some hints of misogyny, but uh, for the most part, like the people at NASA are supporting them. Um, and I, yeah, I I like that. I like we yeah. don't have to show the realism of sexism in every scene and every line of dialogue. Yeah, I think they do a good job of like telling a very complex story of how this would have been taken. Like I think mm-hmm. we have a lot of different perspectives and like even the stuff with Gordo, it's like it's really strange. Like you can tell that like his heart is trying to be like that guy, but like he's not. He's struggling. And I think a lot of men do struggle i think a lot of men who want to have like who have good intentions and who really want to like be supportive and be championing women i think they do still have trouble doing it and so it's like you know i I think it's good that they show that in in all the different characters and like in how they interact with the women in the show yeah yeah like Um, most of the men that we care about are if not outright supportive, they at least have that kind of duality of like mm. being cool and supportive and like occasionally, yeah, occasionally yeah. letting that toxic masculinity, patriarchal bullshit slip through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Thomas Paine gets like angry about how they're always looking to the Soviets. Yeah, we should uh, mention the the Soviet crash on the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, yes they yes, think yes. they lost at least one cosmonaut um this will this would be the first person to die on the moon mm. uh, i don't think anyone has died on the moon in real life pretty sure that never happened i'm sure yeah. don't know 
Maybe yeah. they have, and the Soviets hid it from us. Kate. Well, they certainly could have. Yeah. Because that's what Gordo thinks should happen when you fuck up, is you should hide it from the public. Oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> They're like, well, sorry, we actually live in a free democracy, so uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, that's um, a little bit like, um, I don't know if that's the most realistic portrayal of all of our government and leadership and et cetera. But mm -hmm. um, at least Gene Kranz seems to think that we shouldn't hide our mistakes from the general public. Which is, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> Low bar. Um, so Thomas Paine's angry that they're always losing and he's worried about the upcoming election against Ted Kennedy and says that Nixon wants to give the people something to cheer about. And then, sorry we spoiled this last episode because I didn't know if it was going to come up in this episode, but we get the quick we pan to the television um, of Nixon ending the Vietnam War. Yeah, this was really interesting. Um, I looked up uh, the actual announcement of the ending of the mm. Vietnam War, and that's what this video is. And you can see it very clearly if you're looking for it, that when he says the date, like his mouth is just going like... <laughs> that's clever. Which you can't you can't see what I'm doing, but you could go look at it. Um, they like digitally manipulate his mouth in a not yeah. very convincing way. Um, so it's all that original video. And then instead of January 27th, 1973, he says November 16th, 1970. Yeah, I'm, I'm not an observant person and I didn't, I wasn't looking for that. So I didn't even notice. Um, but we get Deke joined by Thomas Paine in his office and he's like, oh, your birthday present like is early, whatever. Thomas Paine in um, my ass. Yep, yep, Thomas Paine in your ass indeed. And he's like, we're canceling the female astronaut training program. Um, and Deke's like, are you fucking kidding me? I've put so much. It, how many days? It's been like is a it, year or Yeah, it's got to right? have been like a year. Because mm. they all He's had like, to get th completely through the training and then mm. they have to like be prepping for Apollo 15. I feel like it's yeah. been a year. We could yeah. do the work to look at the dates, but... Ah, mm. what is this? A podcast people listen to? <laughs> but anyway, so he's like, good work. And he's like, we just don't want to see women dying in fiery plane crashes. And Deke's clearly pissed um, about this. And then does the most bowler fucking thing ever and calls a press conference. Hell yeah. And Thomas Paine and like Shorty, whatever, they like in the hole and they're like, did you call this? And they're like, I no. And we come in and Deke's just like, Danielle Poole, Ellen Waverly, <laughs> Molly Cobb, and Tracy Stevens but are yes. astronauts. Here is their badge for their status. Everybody clap. Deke comes up to Thomas. They're just like, what the... <laughs> Uh, this is the happiest we've seen Molly so far. Yes, she's genuinely smiling. Yeah. Um, and Thomas is just like, you are on Nixon's shit list. Congratulations. <laughs> and then in my notes, it just says, fuck yes, Deke. Yeah, that was, that was a really badass move. Dude, so baller. Love we need more, more of this. Um, love it. Love it so much. This is like the first time when I get like teary in the episode. I cried a lot in this episode. I cry a lot all the time. I just cry for everything. There um, are certain scenes in this episode, though, that are like designed to like, yeah, get your the show is actually pretty good at making me cry. Yeah. Okay. So then we go to Octavio, who's cleaning. He finds the paper That's of a so speech sweet. and he brings it home to a later who's like 
watching this like you know with so much excitement she puts it up on the wall like oh, she's got I'm her so little collage going yeah little moon so pictures and astronaut articles and stuff it's very cute love it so much love it so much um we get we go to danielle who's calling her husband at the vietnam war yeah is that her um, i wasn't sure if that was her husband or just her boyfriend i think it's her husband cool. um clayton and um Apparently his peers uh, painted a spacesuit on his helmet and they're calling him Major Tom. It's really cute. Um, so um, she wanted to, she, so I don't think she even gets a chance to tell him that uh, she became an astronaut. Yeah, no, it cuts out. Cuts out. I don't um, have great feelings about that situation. Interesting. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to, we'll, we'll, talk we'll about come that back later. to that in predictions. Um, in predictions corner so we go to ed who's trying to teach shane how to ride his bike and is just being an absolute dick about it honestly like, just if i yell at my kid enough will they learn to ride a bike like just how what is the strategy here also like kids want to learn how to ride a bike like kids it's like a fun thing that you want that you beg your parents to do yeah. like it's like it's funny how we managed to turn this thing that like all kids want to do into like this like task that's like hard i'm like yeah why, look, why are we gonna like militarily... get are we gonna get some flashback into like ed's dad was abusive and the cycle of abuse continues or it's some just bullshit? the 70s kate it's just the 70s Ugh. this is just how dads were <laughs> he's such an and i feel like it is gender specific i feel like if he had a little girl he would be nicer to her and he's mm. got a little boy and he's like you gotta be tough and you gotta be good at everything mm. that's interesting um yeah maybe he would be different if he had a girl like not good still i think that he would just be, different yeah he would be like gentler with her but there would be other problems that would arise <laughs> um but yeah just what an asshole yeah absolutely anyway so that isn't fun but he's you know thankfully interrupted by deke rolls up by deke yeah and he's like, well, damn, we'll have to do this later. Can't wait, pops. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we get, like, Deke's like, look, here's the thing. We're changing the plans. Gordo's not on the flight anymore. And this is actually kind of a funny scene. A, Karen in the background just, like, doing the most. She's, like, so angry. And, like, it's <laughs> just her, like, Karen. gloves on. Yeah. It's just, like, Karen, chill. And then she like throws a tantrum. Yeah, like but who then, does she think she is? She's talking to like I don't I don't know what Deke's official title is, but like you're gonna lecture him, really? But like it's funny because you get this like this Ed goes, well, it's easy to say when you're not going up there, which like they do this to him quite a lot in the in this episode. It's like as a way to bring him down, and I'm like, you guys all suck. Like way to just like remind him again and again that he got cut after all of this work. Like you guys, that's just bullshit. Anyway. No. But then I love it. Deke's like, well, you can go get drunk with Gordo and watch it from the bar if you want to. <laughs> or you can just like suck it up and do it. And then you like you put Ed with his like whiskey and he's like, yeah, I want, yeah, I want the flight. It's a like, great delivery. Like, <laughs> Joel Kinnaman really, really giving it to us there. Like like a little fucking insolent child. Yeah, I was just like, this is. It. Yeah, yeah, I want to fly. I want to fly. <laughs> <laughs> um and so he's like you have to have dinner with sedge and your new crewmate and, and he's we, like do, is... do you want me to go talk to karen and he's like not if you want to walk out if you're alive yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah she's just like throwing the biggest tantrum ever i love it okay so 
Um, we cut to an honestly incredible scene Ooh, with Molly and scene. Ed and Sedge. I love um, that, like, just right off the bat, Sedge asks her to pass the A1 and she gives him the high. I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, it's just like, I was going to say this is one of my favorite subtle things. And he's just his face. He's like, oh, okay. But like. It is a very interesting interaction because like, did she do it on purpose? Probably. He doesn't correct her. He just no, goes He's with like, it. I guess I'm having high. Ultimately, now. they're both steak sauces. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. It's just yeah. funny. But I love that he's just like being, he's being so patronizing. And then she's just like. It's also Sedge's first time in space, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like. <laughs> um, and and then, also, I've been flying longer than you. And yeah, I was yeah, in and I, the Mercury 13 going through training before you ever got into Gemini. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's amazing and hilarious. I uh, did look up Gemini if you want to talk about it here. Okay. Just like in a nutshell. It was the bridge between the Mercury and Apollo programs. Uh, they flew 12 missions over, I think, five years. Ten of them were crewed missions. There were some people that rolled over from Mercury and some people mm-hmm. who would go on to be in Apollo. Basically, they just, like, they flew higher, they went on longer missions, and they did spacewalks. Okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. Gemini. Um, cool. Also, can I just... I am interested in how bland Sedgwick is as a character. He's like, you guys have to try this big potato. It's outstanding. <laughs> Can a big I potato be outstanding? It. I feel like he's just a very boring character because we don't really need. Yeah, I'm a little worried him. he's going to die because I don't care about him even 1%. Yeah, I don't even know if we. No, I feel like this show builds up people to die you know <laughs> i don't think it's going to kill someone we don't care about it would be what i would i would think but like because i honestly can't remember because he is such a nothing character and i think that's amazing <laughs> um i'm sending you a picture of the original apollo 15 the actual apollo 15 mm. people and their corvettes uh dave scott al warden and jim Irwin. they're matching corvettes oh they God. all have matching corvettes uh <laughs> So anyway, we get to Gordo at home with all these gift baskets for Tracy. Yes. The room Um, is filled with flowers. Yeah. And obviously Tracy doesn't know he's been taken off yet. So he's like, she's like, why the fuck are you drunk? Yeah. And she looks gorgeous. Let me have my day. Yeah, of course. Stunning in her gold dress. Ready to celebrate. Yeah. Uh, And then he tells her he's been taken off Apollo 15 and Tracy kind of like is like, oh, okay, valid that you're sad, I guess, and that they can celebrate next week. And he's like, no, 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 we're we're gonna celebrate you, and we're gonna go get a. I'm gonna call Jim Rathman next week, and we're gonna go down and we're gonna pick out a brand new Corvette. Yeah, she's um, gotta so have Rathman, a Corvette if she's an astronaut. I mean, so Jim Rathman is actually a real person. Mm. Um, I'm actually gonna include him well in the real people. Yeah, uh, he is. He is a real person. Yeah, he's a real person. He actually uh, was a former race car driver, and he owned a Corvette dealership. Uh, and because he was friends with some of the Mercury 7, he offered, like, special rates to astronauts. So he talked, like, the company into leasing cars um, for, like, a dollar a year to astronauts. Oh, my God. So most of the <laughs> astronauts – I mean, we talked about this a bit. But, uh, yeah, I didn't one. realize they were, like, free-free. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much like a dollar a year. Like, <laughs> that's the basic. Yeah, that's, yeah, that is not really different than free. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, a dollar probably got you a lot more in the seventies, but not that much more. <laughs> you know, inflation hasn't inflated that much. Yeah. Um, but Tracy says she can't because she'll be in Florida, and he's like, "Why didn't you discuss it with me?" And she's like, "I didn't think that's how we did things here." Well, yeah, that's she rightfully is like, that's not how NASA works. Like mm. when they tell you to go to Florida, you don't come home and ask permission. Like that's mm-hmm. they tell you where to go and you go and you follow orders. Yep. Yep. And he's clearly pissed about it. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get to the outpost with Ellen and Larry. We do. Were you texting me at this point? And you're like, oh, I hope they're not going to make this a thing. Yeah, the whole time I was, like, nervous about it. Even from from the scene in the previous Leon, I was like, oh, my God, please, no. And I still, in this scene, was like, she's staring at Molly. Look at her staring at Molly. Which she is, but, like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, So we get Ellen and Larry. And so Larry's clearly, like, very in Ellen's corner. And, like, she's obviously the backup astronaut i guess yeah. for um this mission yeah my and theory at this point in the episode was that she's like using him for information or to like get whatever he can provide for her at nasa i don't know i think that they just genuinely like get yeah along no my my yeah. my position changed by like a few scenes later but that's where yeah. i was at watching this episode for the first time yeah but i think that like it's it's funny we get this two scenes two things happen at the same time so ellen so some dude's trying to hit on Pam, who, by the way, is wearing a Canada shirt, which feels really strange. Oh, interesting. In like a, it's just a shirt that says Canada. And I'm like, it feels really weird in like a, you know, an astronaut bar that's like yeah. super American in like this time of like Cold War tension. You're wearing a shirt. Not yeah, that Canada's not like choice. North America, but it's like an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, And so, and then Ellen comes up and orders drinks and then... At the same, like, while Ellen's at the bar, some guy's like, dude, lock it down with this with this chick. Like, she's too good for you. Which That I, astronaut I tail's got to be out of this world, bruh. Absolutely ridiculous. But um, I just think those two things happening at the same time is like, you know. Yeah, great. it's very funny. Um, especially, did you did you clock the, ten- the Ellen Pam thing at that point or no? No, it was still 100% on the Ellen Molly train. Until that train derailed hard. Which is coming up now. Yes. Yeah. So we have these awesome interlocking scenes where, like, Karen and Ed are talking about, like, Molly and all her attitude. And, like, you know, he's like, I don't think she likes men. And then mm-hmm. we turn straight to Molly, who's like, he does not respect women. And he probably thinks I'm a lesbian. Yep. And she pulls her cigarette. She's in the bathtub. She pulls her cigarette it's back to It's a joint. Wayne. Is it not... I assumed it was a joint. Did they not um, drug was like, test at NASA? I that's what. I, that's why it I think it might be a cigarette. Like a joint. Definitely, like Wayne smokes weed, but maybe I don't they're know not going to test would. them until they're like. Maybe she's timed it out. You know, like they're maybe. not. She's, they're not going to do any blood testing until they're like close to the mission or something. Yeah, I would have. I I thought the same thing as you. I was like, it would be weird if she was actually smoking because it does look like a joint. I don't 100%. think it's like a hand rolled cigarette. I absolutely think it's a joint. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we get husband reveal. I love Wayne Cobb. I'm sorry, and I, I this you to don't me, have to this be is, sorry. This to me is a queer relationship. Actually, <laughs> like I know that they're a man and a woman and whatever, but like not all queer relationships they, are queer. They are not a heteronormative couple. No, I will say not that. at all. 
Yeah. And and he's just like he's just great. Um and so I think I don't know if the if the show is trying to say something and maybe it's just because like like with the knowledge that of like Ronald D. Moore's previous projects and like how he like uh is with his wife and whatever, but like it kind of feels like they're like, look, if you just were like cool and like I don't know in a like non-heteronormative relationship you would be fucking and having baths together but if you're in your heteronormative relationship with your like patriarchy bu- patriarchal bullshit you're gonna sleep away from each other but and like not have sex awkwardly hold hands a little bit but when was the last time you had sex nobody exactly knows. yeah um okay anyway. can i i want to get on my soapbox for a minute okay. about get this situation the problem is not molly and wayne cobb the problem was not Starbuck. The problem is never one individual character. But, like, for one, they knew what they were doing with this reveal. They knew that Ed was not the only person who would be suspicious that Molly might be a lesbian. And yeah, I feel the like, whole episode says that. Yeah. Like, uh, even even Molly, <laughs> sorry, even Margot, when they... Oh, my God, like your totally. Husband. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, so I feel like, I feel a little bit like there's... There's a lecture happening here subtextually that's like, ooh, see, the like the one who's not typically feminine is in a relationship with a man and the pretty one is gay. Ooh, we tricked you. <laughs> like, and that's fine. It's a fine message to send to like cishet people, cishet men watching this show and be like, ooh, you ooh, you thought the the gay looking one was gay and surprise. For me, as a queer person, I don't need to be lectured to in terms of who I'm looking to for queer representation. Like, it felt a little bit like, "Eh, all right. Um, Again, yeah, the problem is not, like, any woman can present any way and identify any way and be in any kind of relationship. I just want to see some fucking, like, mask of center butch people on TV and I don't think Molly Cobb is even butch. I think she is just slightly less feminine than the other feminine <laughs> women that we see on TV. But I'm so desperate. I'm so thirsty for this <laughs> representation on TV. And it's like it happened with Starbucks. Starbucks, I think, is very queer coded and we only ever see her with men. And it's just like it's frustrating and it it feels frustrating to watch it when they are characters that I love. And it's like, oh, I really wish this character was gayer. Um, That's why I wore my show for you. Hell yeah. More gays in space. Thank you. I just, like, I would have way less of a problem with this relationship. And I don't even have a problem with it. But it wouldn't be heartbreaking if there were more, like, butch women, mask of centered, different gef- gender representations who are queer on television Mm -hmm. thank you very much this is my request okay okay thank you also the character this character was based on jerry cobb jerry cobb as it turns out in the book which i i listened to the audiobook of um a woman i know and we can talk about that later um she was revealed to have had like a female partner since like the 1970s interesting yeah yeah, very, very, very private person. Never actually admitted that, I think, to Mary Haverstick, but the partner admitted it, like, while Jerry was, like, in her last days, basically. Interesting. Yeah, I need to get that book. I 
want to know more. Yeah, the author reads the audiobook herself. Oh, nice. I prefer I prefer reading reading usually. Yeah, just like for, you know, if anybody's listening Oh yeah, to the pod if anybody's listening to the pod. and wants other things to listen to, check it out. Um okay, so then we get this scene and all the reveals that come with it. Larry gets a phone yes. call from Coop who's like we need Ellen. She's not home. And he's like, she's got to be yeah, with yeah, you, yeah. Right? She's with me. She's with me. Um, and he's like, oh, you hound dog. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes to his phone book, <laughs> fucking calls Pam. He looks her up in the phone book. It's so precious and old timey. I know. So he's like, calls Pam. He's like, Ellen, I'm gonna pick up Ellen in 30 minutes. It's like he knew exactly where the fuck she was. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It. And it appears that they've never actually discussed this. He just like has been mm-hmm. paying attention. And I, mm-hmm. I also wonder if, like, maybe he suspected from the start that she was, like, gay. But she clearly doesn't know he Yeah, is. it seemed like, like, yeah, you wonder if they gravitated towards each other, like, uh, unconsciously because yeah. of that. Or if he purposefully was like, I think this bitch is gay and we need to be friends. Yeah, it kind of feels like um, he... It's probably because neither of them are that interested in moving. Like, they were both moving so slowly because they're not interested in each other. <laughs> they were like, yeah, I guess that, like, society says that we should be seeing with the opposite sex. So I guess we're going to do that. But, like, this is a good pace for me. We just, nothing's happened. And uh, that's yep. perfect. I'm super into how much nothing yeah, we're doing yeah. together. Um, yeah. So he picks her up. Yeah, this car, this scene in the car is It is amazing. a great scene. He's like, so at the beginning, you're kind of like, what? The, why the fuck does he care? Like, why is he like, what, what's in this for him? And then he's like, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting sloppy. If they find out you've been lying, they'll think you'll lie about everything. You won't be able to fly. Um, and they never say it out loud, but she like realizes through the scene that he knows and there's no point in like arguing that what he's implying isn't yeah true. and also like he admits that he is too he's like we need to be better than this yeah and there's like this yeah yeah he's like believe me yeah i know um and then she's his beard yeah they walk into nasa holding hands they're each other's yeah. beards i guess yeah. yeah what do you think about that i think that i love larry now I'm very ex- I'm very excited about Ellen and Pam. Pam also like it's like, you know, Pam seems gay. So delighted that that came forward. I th- I predicted that Ellen was gay. You did um, from that like first interaction with Tracy. So I'm feeling great. I know. About that, I was looking at through the like, predictions and I was like, <laughs> I'm I'm racking them up. Ellen to is gay. Not all of them, but I got some. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that they telegraphed it with that, for, like, you're so pretty, why don't you have a husband? That's a good dead mm. giveaway. Um, but I love them as a couple. I'm thrilled yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And this, yeah, Larry looking out for her, like, it's convenient now for both of them, but I don't think Larry's in this for himself. I think he's, like, very genuinely cares about her and has been looking out for Interesting. her. Hmm. We then turn to Molly correcting the sign. <laughs> I love this. I love this. I love the pronoun yeah. correction. Changing like like man and men to yeah. our. Yeah. Uh, it's great. I'm curious what you think about like, why does she change the, there's like a red away and a blue bird and she changes the blue bird 
uh, she writes like Raven, and then when we see it later, it's a blackbird. Yeah. What do you think I about don't that? Know. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe they all have like signature colors. Oh, maybe. Uh, I was like, why would they change it from red, white, and blue? It makes it seem like now we're un-American. Hmm. The original one. I have the original photo of the original Apollo. Um, it's not. They've done a completely different design, but I have the original. Mm. Apollo 13 uh, Apollo 15 which is a different and theirs is also dark blue or like black or whatever oh yeah. interesting yeah I just thought that was that was an, like are ravens like witchy and therefore female I don't I was I didn't really understand the choice and I wasn't sure if like if anybody knows I don't know if that they're gonna come back to that little if detail if anybody knows let us know maybe it was just a matter of like trying to set herself apart um, maybe because she feels like a black sheep or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, it just doesn't seem like you want to advertise that you're a black sheep like on the I NASA think poster. that Molly's existence advertises that. Um, <laughs> maybe. So maybe. it's 110 days before the Apollo 15 launch. Uh, Ed, Molly, and Sedge get their picture taken with their spacesuits on. There's this whole like... That is a great <laughs> scene also. Yeah, like... Where they're... <laughs> You go. <laughs> they're trying to get them to smile, and then they like they have Molly pose alone, and ask her to smile, and then ask her not to smile. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, you know, you're not a Soviet puppet." And then in the same sentence, they're like, "The what, what's her name, uh, Anastasia, whatever." They were like, "Oh, she looked hopeful. She looked whatever." And Ed just goes, "You just said she was a puppet." Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Good. Good on Ed for calling out that they all seem like they're in the same level like i'm sure that they were just pulled out of some kind of important training to do like a photo shoot and i feel like all three of them are like why this is not necessary yeah um so then we go to this like very like frantic scene of margot doing math with her tootsie Um, roll addiction she is so addicted to tootsie rolls it's uh (laughs) they're not good yeah, they're the I worst know. Halloween candy. They're the candy you eat like in January when all the Halloween candy is long gone. <laughs> I've never had one, but she likes what she likes. You never you had know? a tootsie. That's roll? What... it's fine. No, you're not missing. Um, much. I mean, I haven't had a lot of American candy because we didn't have it in Australia. Oh, true. And then by the time I moved here, I couldn't have corn syrup. So right, and that's I can't all eat a lot our of it. candy is made of everything it's all made of it it's terrible <laughs> it's terrible for you anyway so we we so she starts the metronome and we get this like amazing like piano in the background and we're like okay cool so like and you can see her calm down and like she's like getting into the flow of it and then in what seemed like it was going to be a dream sequence, but was it? That's what I thought, too. I was like, is this a metaphor for, like, she's doing space science like jazz? No, she's just it's doing real. jazz. She's doing jazz. Hell um, yeah. And Molly and Wayne are in the audience. Oh, my God. This is so funny. For, like, first of all, real Duke Silver vibes here, if you're a Parks and Rec fan. Uh, I don't remember who that is. Um, so Ron Swanson, cur- yeah. office curmudgeon, has an yeah. alter ego named Duke Silver oh, who secretly right. plays jazz yeah. uh, <laughs> and does not want anyone else in the office to know. Yeah. Um, so Margot Silver is, I think, the her stage name okay. in my mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, 
and Molly's just like staring at her. Yeah, like, she she's who like, the fuck is this? Margot's so like into playing, and she spies Molly in the audience and like freaks out a little bit. It's very funny. Um, and anyway, so Molly comes up and she's like, "Wow, a part of you that I don't hate." <laughs> like, <laughs> and then she's like, "This is my husband," and Margot literally does not fix her face. She literally <laughs> scoffs. She's like, "Really?" Like, scoffs, which is all of us. Yeah. I love that they put that in That's there. That's not a joke. You're really uh, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I wonder if sure. Molly has not been wearing a wedding ring. I would guess Molly is the type that like I can be married and not wear a wedding ring. I reckon. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, Molly's like, "I'll bring all the girls," yeah. and Margot's like, "Do not tell." anybody you don't want to mess with with me me. (laughs) (laughs) i was watching this with my roommate and she's like why does she hate her so much and i'm like really not a lot has happened between these two characters they just don't really get along but like i think it was just like it was just a demonstration of how much it was important to her to keep this private yeah yeah i think she's uncomfortable with molly and like we've seen there was a scene in the last episode where molly was kind of like Seemed to be slacking off in class yeah. as Margot was teaching, even though she knew all the answers. Um, but yeah, I think this scene was much more about like, if you give away my jazz secret, I will actually kill you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think about this like reveal with Margot? And what do you think about Margot generally? Um, I, I, I'm super into it. I love that Margot has a jazz piano outlet. Um, mm. I think there's probably like a connection in terms of like what your brain is doing with like mm-hmm. uh doing you know playing playing music like that and doing the kind of like math and science that she does i i think there's i'm i am not brained like that but i think there's a connection there <laughs> yeah i am brained um, like that um yeah i think that's really cool but and yes they are quite interlinked um Cool. So then we go in this whole big uh, journey with the training. Um, yeah, they really just... set Molly and Ed up as this odd couple uh, yeah. through this whole episode. So like, the the journey has to be them like coming together eventually and respecting each other eventually. But this is a great. Well, I think little... we almost come to that in this episode, actually. Not yeah, like fully, yeah, we, but that acknowledgement at the end. We yeah. for sure like. We are well on the way, if not already there by the end yeah. of the up. Yeah. Um, so we get the rock hitting, we do the rocket simulator, then they have this whole scene about her like saying she doesn't have to wear a bra in space because there's no gravity. And said just like, please wear a bra on behalf of our marriages, which I thought was kind of silly to say, but then I realized that they have to dress each other. Oh, um, which is yeah, probably why he said that because yes. like you see that scene with them together like, like even now it would be a little bit scandalous if like mm. there were boobs out yeah um I, then then you get this like larry and this other engineer they're like talking <laughs> and i don't know if this was like a nod to the one one thousand tampons thing or whatever but i love that i love that he, she's like what are we gone a week i can hold it <laughs> But yeah, they're like, yeah, oh, the like the penis tube won't work for you. Can you wear a diaper? Um, and it's like, um, no. <laughs> you are literally rocket that. scientists. You can find out that he out. says that. This, that must be what? When was this episode out? Like twenty? When did this show start? 
We should probably know that. 2019? Oh, 2019 is right. Okay, so 1,000 1, tampons it's is a hundred. It's a hundred. So I have the story. Okay, tell me the story. Okay. Because I want to know if this is a nod to that. I think it is. I think they did. They have done a different ridiculous thing here. But basically, Sally Ride was the first American woman in space. Yeah. Um, And the motherfucking rocket scientists were like, Okay, you're going to space for six days. Is 100 tampons enough? And they sent her to space with 100 tampons. I was just Googling this and stumbled across this amazing song, which I am going to try to play a little of, and I think it'll be fine, by Marsha yeah, Belsky. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A, that's the song I'm referencing that I have perpetually had in my head while I've been doing research for this. Amazing. Because that's why I just learned about I was it like, in the 10 you had minutes not heard that, You had episode. not heard that song No, before? I just knew the story. Oh, everybody knows the story because of the song. I knew the, the I knew the story and I didn't know the song is amazing. The song's amazing. Remember when NASA sent a woman to space for only 6 days and they gave her 100 tampons. Because she she says in the song you are literal rocket yes. scientists and that's why I thought that this was a reference to that. But I'm trying to find when the song came out. But I think it does predate. Um, I think this. I think this is a literal reference. Um, to I the mean, song. yeah. I think it's like either way. Like you could get there as a writer without needing the song to reference. But I hope it's a reference to the song. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's and the the, but the I mean, listen to the song. But the part that I didn't know. That I'm assuming is true, and I have not Googled to confirm, but why would Marsha Belsky lie to me, is that they tied the strings of the tampons together. So you sent her to space with 100 tampons tied together. So how does she use one? Okay. (laughs) But also, like, she probably, I mean, I guess they probably don't know what could happen with that, with, like, periods in space, I guess. Um, I don't know why it's pretty ridiculous. But a hundred tampons is like a year's. I mean, it depends how heavily you bleed, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's too many. Is the point? There's not a lot. And if anyone had asked Sally Ride how many tampons did you need, she would not have fucking said one hundred. No, no, no. Clearly, no one asked a woman about that. (laughs) Um. Anyway, so that was a good nod to that. Um. They get on the rover, and I think that this is, like, an interesting scene because uh, it's, it's like, the first time where, like, she's, like, stop telling me what to do. And he's, like, look, this isn't, like, gendered. He's, like, accidents happen quickly, and everybody, every, like, pilot driver has their, like, things they do. Like, for example, Gordo always does this. So I'm just, like, saying it. Like, I thought that was actually pretty good. Uh, as as opposed to before where it feels like he's like a lot of it was kind of gendered and whatever it was like oh no like you can kind of see the respect building yes yeah on both sides like because he takes yeah. the time to actually explain it instead of just being like just listen to me baby and you'll be fine like yeah, and she's yeah. actually listening to what he has to say because he's actually making a good point ah. yeah yeah um i sent you a picture of unpacking a rover because it's really fun and cool oh this is dope i don't know why they don't have cars like this that's so cool yeah that was really neat cool so we're at another training thing 18 days to launch margot tells molly that she went into the final trim 30 seconds late she's telling the other engineers that molly doesn't know what she's doing 
Yeah, Molly is like, it seems like intentionally being really careless in this scene. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Molly's like, Mago's a pain in my ass. And Molly, um, anyway, so they're, they're trying to like get each other dressed, I think, adjusting harnesses, whatever. Um, and Molly starts humming to like antagonize Margo. It's amazing. Humming the jazz song. <laughs> Which totally works. Margo is antagonized. Absolutely. Margo's like, focus. <laughs> Just the way these two like bash up against each other is hilarious. Yeah. Um, so Molly makes a mistake with the numbers. Um, and is very like, blasé about it. it. Like, oh, that was mm, supposed to be a seven, mm. wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. And Mar- Margo's like, okay, well, we'll change it. And um, Margo's like, isn't it a bit late for this? And Ed's like, I'm in charge of this mission. Yeah, so Ed is. This this scene makes me worried about the mission to come. Because Ed is like, actually, I'll do all of this part myself. Because yeah. she obviously can't do it. And the yeah. other two are both like... There was a reason why we are doing it this way, and he just shuts them both down. And they're like, I see yeah. Ed's back in town, which I guess has yeah, been his nickname. Yeah. Um, and then we get this great scene between Margot and Molly. Yeah. And Margot's just like, what the fuck was that? And Molly's like, fuck off. I was just messing messing with you. Like, don't, t- don't like make a big deal of it. Yeah. Like, Margo- she's like, I am what I am. This is just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, and Margot's like, you are too busy, like, joking around to see that you are not trusted by Ed, which is very important. And Margot's like, you need to be better. Mm-hmm. Like, you are going to be the first American woman in space. And Molly's like, I'm not a role model. I'm not this person. If people don't like it, screw them. And Margot's like, it's actually not about you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like, I'm just a pilot. And she's like, no, you're an astronaut. You're an astronaut. Like, yeah. And that's the first time I think the the weight of that really settles in with Molly. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, she kind of seems to brush it off in that moment, but then the next scene is just basically, like, you can see how much of she's taken it to heart. Mm -hmm. She's, like, the first person in, last person out of the room. Ed can kind of see her doing this as well, which I think, like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the respect is... Like, she is really putting in the work, and the respect Mm. in Ed is really building. Yeah. Um, Then we get this really awkward scene between Ed and Gordo, which I just think is hilarious because they barely finish sentences this whole scene. They're, like, saying a lot. They're, like, um, work they... husbands who have been living apart now. Yeah. 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 Um, they use the term Bohica. Yeah, I looked this up. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> it's a Vietnam War-era acronym that stands for Bend Over, Here It Comes Again. <laughs> so it means you're about to be screwed again, and the best course of action is to just acquiesce. Yeah. So, it's like um, a fun rape joke. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> um. It, Ed comes back and Shane's just like riding around in circles. Yeah, and it looks like like Ed thinks like, oh, I taught him. I got through to him. And then you see that actually, no, Karen taught him. And probably yeah. she was nicer and that's why he learned. Yeah, exactly. Um, We go to Octavia handing Alita a bus ticket. I didn't actually understand where he was sending her at first. Um, <laughs> there are a lot but- of like other people in the background with like... uh. NASA type shirts like they're they're clearly yes. fans we've, we've discussed before how I'm not an observant person <laughs> yeah. um so I didn't notice that the first time I'm like oh shit where's he sending her does she like no anyway whatever dumb of me it's a very um, it's a very every scene between them is just like sugar sweet 
Like he's Octavio just... is gorgeous. It's so sweet of him to be this supportive. And he's like, like he's protective, like, but mm. like go spread your wings, fly, ride the bus all the way to Florida, which is far, far away. Like mm. by yourself. Mm. It's just it's such good parenting. Mm-hmm. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> Now we come to one of my absolute favorite scenes. I know the one with Molly is also one of my favorites, but this scene is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because we get a full circle moment from episode one <laughs> with Gordo calling Tracy, being like, where were you? I couldn't get a hold of you. Blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, what if something had happened? She's like, you know, I can be contacted by base ops if like something goes wrong. And he's like, when are you coming back? She's like, it's probably a few days. We're going to go celebrate. You know what it's like. And he's like, well, aren't you worried about being a bad mother? And without a fucking (laughs) hesitation, she puts down the phone, flushes the toilet, turns on the shower. (laughs) And he goes, what's that? And she goes, what, babe? (laughs) Just like hangs up on him. Outstanding. Yes, Tracy. Outstanding way to close an argument. Yeah. Like, the like just oh it was just gorgeous yeah. i love it that comment from him was so below the belt like so undid every nice thing that he said until this point a hundred percent it was an absolute low blow her response was immaculate <laughs> like you just do you fucking remember what you've put me through uh-huh. yeah How why don't you sit at home and tables. worry about exactly <laughs> what i'm up to at the cape yep Ugh. Um, so we're now two hours before the launch. We get like, you know, control room fun. Um, Karen walks in with Gloria Sedgwick, uh, Sedge's wife, and she's like complaining about the seats. Yeah. She seems like she's mad at women being there too. I guess that probably in the past it was like not a lot of women at these things. Oh, which would have made um, her presence more special. They would have been yeah. readily identified as the wives. Yeah, she does look fucking stunning though mm-hmm. like her makeup's on point she was beautiful woman yeah I um, give her that. but yeah she walks in and she's like greeted by wayne she's clearly not impressed oh my god by she's wayne. like is that him like yeah the astronaut husband <gasps> yeah yeah we have to but sit he compliments her dress and he's like super sweet and like yeah yeah also i we feel like I don't know that this is true or if they will ever address it. I feel like Cobb is Molly's last name and he took her last name. You know what? That's canon now. It's probably, Hell you know, yeah. never going to be Well, especially so. like the characters based on Jerry Cobb and like that's her last name. That's not a married yeah. name. Yeah. I just feel like Wayne would have, like she would have been like, I'm not changing my name. And he was like, okay, I will. Yeah, that's 100% <laughs> Wayne Cobb energy. We love it. Um. Uh, and then we get, I'm crying thinking about this scene. <sighs> we get the classic, like, astronauts walking in slow motion, which is always great, but, like. <sighs> this is even greater because there's so many women. And you watch Ed's face, such good, like, acting. You watch him have this, like, realization. He's like, oh, my God, this means so much to people. And he just does, like, the smallest little gesture and just, like, gestures for Molly to walk first. It's and then so perfect. you get the three women on the side, like, oh, my God, I cry for everything. <laughs> I'm crying talking. No, it's a perfect scene. It's And, like, Ed realizes it and Molly realizes it. And she's, like, fully feeling it, I think, in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then Aleda, you get Aleda making her way through the crowd to the front. She made it there safe and everybody's got their women's places in space t-shirts and I kind of want one and it's great. I also have the song in my head, right? Like the Dolly, they've got the Dolly Parton song, which is now completely in my head as I read this. So I'm like, that's why I'm crying. I'm like, Dolly will do that to you. Fully having a flashback to this experience. Um, <laughs> I do love that they all strapped in and said just like, wow, that was a big send off. And Molly's like, well, I haven't done anything yet. So it's kind of stupid. <laughs> and he's like, well, you did strap yourself on top of a quarter million tons of explosive for government pay. <laughs> Um, and they and all then, they all bond over that. Like yeah, they, they all, all laugh. laugh. They're all in it together now. Yeah, yeah. I do want to say something on the countdown announcement because they actually use the uh, the voice of Launch Control. Jack King's voice is uh, is used. Oh wow. Um, yeah. So it's actually like the real countdown guy. He um, was uh, he did um, eight Apollo launches. Um, but he took the day off for Apollo 13 because he wanted to see the launch and he could never see the launch. And Apollo 13 is the one he saw. Interesting. He, yep. w- he was a good luck <laughs> charm that was missing, apparently. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the launches, as it launches, you know, Karen and Sedge's wife are holding hands and Wayne's like nervously fussing and he just grabs her hand and she kind of doesn't know what to do it's about so it. so precious. But it's sort of like, okay, I guess, like, you know, and I think maybe, I don't know, like, I'm I'm excited to, like, uh, see, I can't remember what, what, because, like, I know there's more Wayne and Karen scenes, I think, in the next episode, but, like, you do kind of see there's a moment where, like, I think she does have this realization of, like, oh, you're also going through this with us, like, you're going through, like, a similar experience. Yeah, I, I would like to see that relationship play out on screen. I, I hope for more of that. Okay. Um... Then Deke gets a call from the office of the president, um, and he's like, congratulations, if the girl screws up, it's your ass. Yeah. That's it. And then American Woman plays, and Molly looks out the window, and is like, I'm going to the moon. And then it's, like, dedicated to Jerry Cobb. And then I have to wait two weeks to watch the episode, and I lose my mind. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry. If Molly Cobb can't go to the moon, I can wait two weeks to find out what happens when Molly Cobb goes to the moon. That's true. But was the last episode also dedicated to Jerry Cobb? Because this one is. No, this, just yeah, this, one. this one. I think is. this is the one they chose because she never got to space yeah. in real life. Um, and so I think that ending scene and then it coming up is like really, yeah. really powerful. It's very sweet. And then if you listen to the book A Woman I Know by Mary Haversick, uh, listen to, read. Read is what people do with books. If you read the book... <laughs> A Woman I Know by uh, Mary Haverstick. You might have more complicated feelings about mm. Jerry Cobb, but in this moment, it is a beautiful dedication, and it would have been really cool if Jerry had still been alive to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we get eight real people if we include Jim Rathman, who is referenced, and Jack King's voice. Deke, Gene, Nixon, Thomas Paine, John Glenn, Shorty Powers, Jack King, Jim Rathman. Is that everybody? It sounds like everybody. A lot of them yeah. are assholes. Like a lot of the real people are assholes. I feel like. Yeah, maybe they don't feel so bad about like their portrayal of them. Yeah. Uh, and then in terms of predictions, you've correctly predicted that Ellen is gay. Yeah, I did. Um, I got the gaydar. You got the gaydar. Uh, people were sad and stressed that a woman died in the program and wanted to pull the plug. So yes for that. Deke did want to keep the program going. I felt very Which proud you of that. you also predicted. Um, Karen will be mad about it. That was a gimme. <laughs> Tracy is not going to the moon with uh, 
yes. Gordo, neither well, of them like, are going. You know. Um, but I do feel like if if Deke hadn't been so like, I'm in charge, I decide, then Nixon would have wanted Tracy to go. Like if Nixon's thing hadn't been actually shut it down, his thing would have been send Tracy. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, because he wants like the all American. Um, I think that's all of them. Do you want to talk about the episode and then do predictions, or do you want to do predictions first? Oh, I want to talk about how um, Jody Belfour, who plays Ellen, is mm-hmm. an IRL gay whose partner is Abby Jacobson of Broad City. Oh wow! Which should have been another clue that like they're probably going to make this character gay. Um, Interesting. So yeah, IRL Abby, who gay. came out very late in her life. And now has mm-hmm. a gorgeous, I don't know if they're married at this point or still engaged, um, but very happy for that That's lovely so couple. That's so cute. Yeah. Aww. So I Abby is that. like an astronaut wife. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I feel like I've said the things that I want to say. I think the interesting through line that I didn't pick up at the first was like just Ed teaching people shit badly. Um, yeah. I don't think I made that connection right away, but I think that's I a huge it, theme yeah. in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's I guess it's not really heavy on um, thematics. I think it's just a lot more character building and, and all of that. For sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, this episode, I think the main, like, relationship building in this episode was Molly and Ed coming together enough mm. to be able to work together on this mission. I'm still really, I am, like, this is getting into predictions. I am worried about... Them working together when it's actually stressful up there. I'm worried about that mm. change that Ed made. I'm worried that all eyes are on, um, are on Molly. Mm. Uh, the same way I was, wor- I've been worried about Margot in previous episodes. Like, yeah, when it's the first, when you're the first anything, and you're re- you're representing, you know, all of all of womankind. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna be under like unbelievably strong levels of scrutiny that like it's Cedric's first time in space too, and he's not gonna be scrutinized at all. Like because no. white men have already and if something been goes well wrong, represented. It's gonna be Molly's fault. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so what are your predictions then? Let's do this. Let's just do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, I think that there will be a glitch with the mission. Okay. And I think that that concern will come up uh, in some way that like, Which oh, we sent a woman and now the and now things are fucked up. So it's got to be the woman's fault. And yeah. I think that Molly will prove herself ultimately. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Cedric feels very expendable. I, I, okay. you think Sedge might die? I don't know. Like, for, I, I, I feel like based on your reaction, that's not like a big moment that happens. Um, not that I remember, but I have a poor memory. So, yeah. I just like, if, if they left him on the moon, I don't even know if I would notice. Like, who is this guy <laughs> with his excellent big potato? Um, what do you think is going to happen with Larry and Ellen and Pam? I mean, it's a big, hairy secret, and that's stressful. I do think, so now, like, I had a previous prediction about a lesbian couple where one person's, like, going to the moon and one person's staying home being worried secretly, and I think that will happen now. I think Ellen will go up 
and Pam will be secretly worried and she knows that she's got Larry now like Larry would be a person that she could reach out to in a moment of but like nobody else can know so something's got to happen there right like somebody's gonna find out I hope it's Molly and Wayne because I think they would be the most chill about it I think Margo would be chill about it Margo understands secrets (laughs) <laughs> Margot Silver understands secrets. Um, what about um Wayne and Karen? What I would like to happen, like I'm feeling very positive with my predictions right now. I would like for like because Wayne is not a toxic masculinity kind of guy, mm-hmm. I would like Wayne to challenge Karen's like rigid gender role beliefs. I would love that. I would love for Karen to like chill the fuck out because she's hanging out with this guy who is not your the typical kind of guy that she knows. I think yeah. that would be okay. a very cute journey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And what about uh, Deke? What do you think is going to happen with him? Well, so when did Deke go up in real life? Uh, I can't remember, but it was way later. Okay. If something goes wrong with the mission, I think Deke's job will be in real jeopardy because it's like Nixon personally called him to tell him that like mm-hmm. his ass is on the line because he he did all this himself. Like he mm. did the press conference and he cho- he put Molly on fifteen. And no do you one think asked the women him to are do aware that. that he's done this. I don't think they know what Deke has done for them. I don't think they know either, and I don't. Which think... I think is even more cool. I think that's it. really like, cool. He hasn't really told anyone about it. He just went ahead and did it. Mm-hmm. He didn't like ask for like accolades from the women or anything. He was just like, yeah, this is like, he just did it. Yeah, that's like the most badass kind of like yeah being a cool supportive feminist dude. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, and like Nixon might even get like if if things go well, Nixon might get that woman voter bump that he's been looking for, and Deke would be responsible for that. Do you think Nixon? Well, you previously you you predicted that Ted Kennedy will win the election. Do you still stand by that? I'm really on the fence about it. I actually, I had a, I think I had a dream. That, like, Ted Kennedy did not get elected on the show. And I was like, my prediction wow. is wrong. So clearly okay. I'm really invested in these predictions. Yeah. Um, I'm very, I genuinely don't know. I'm very on the fence okay. about this. I I think the writers could easily go either way with the election. I think they are making Nixon look more palatable right now. Hmm. Like, yeah. And like ending the Vietnam War early, like he said he was going to do and actually didn't do in real life. Um, yeah. And being supportive of this space program that everyone's super invested in and sending a woman into space, even though he was against it, he's going to claim credit for it. Oh, 100% he's claiming credit for it. Yeah. Um, 100%. Yeah. Pretty bullshit. Oh, side note. Did you see the Super Bowl Kennedy ad? I didn't. So whatever fucking Kennedy is running right now. God. So many Kennedys. Uh, so many of them have died and there's still so many of them. 
Yeah. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he made a Super Bowl ad that was basically just using, like, old footage. He, he like, it was so close to JFK's um, 1960 bid that he had to apologize because his family's, like, so angry about it. Oh, wow. So basically, what did he say? I'm so sorry if the Super Bowl advertisement caused anyone in my family pain. The ad was created and aired by the American Values Super PAC without any involvement or approval from my campaign. Um, they don't sound good. But no, but like it was basically like, like an old school Kennedy ad. With It was wild. I, it came on and I was like, what the fuck is this? Hmm. Like, anyway. Well, if he's like, it sounds like he's conservative. So that would piss everyone off who was actually a fan of like JFK. Yeah. He's super conservative. I think a lot of his family have denounced him. Gross. Yeah. Anyway, just a little side note there. Um, I do think if um, which Kennedy are we dealing with in this show? Teddy. Ted. Yes. I think if Ted Kennedy gets elected in this series, like he might like. So if he's a Democrat and this like, you know. I feel like the storyline could be like stop putting so much money into militarizing the space program because like there are actual needs on the ground, you know, like Whitey's on the moon. Okay. Um, uh, do you know that poem, Whitey's on the moon? No. It's like a famous, what I thought was a poem that is listed as a song by huh. Gil Scott Heron. I can't pay no doctor bills, but Whitey's on the moon. Ten years from now, I'll be paying still while Whitey's on the moon. Who's basically just calling out, like, people are suffering, like, the African-American community is deeply, deeply suffering, and you're putting all mm. this money into sending white people to the moon. Like, for what? Mm. Yeah. Um, Fair. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think there's a chance that Ted Kennedy would invest less in militarizing the space program, and that will be controversial at NASA. Um, because there are other needs that we sh should be spending money on. But I'm also excited for the space exploration. So, you know. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Cool. Next episode, Into the Abyss, what do you think is going to happen? I know we've just done predictions, but like. I'm so like worried. I'm worried that like some of the tension between Ed and Molly is going to come back. I think Cedric is going to be kind of useless about it. So, like, I'm really, I'm very invested. Like, it can't just go 100% well, right? That's not exciting TV. I feel like I something's mean. gonna, something's, <laughs> they're gonna be in danger up there. And we never even got Apollo 13. So, like, yeah. we're, like, I'm prepped as, like, a person who has seen some movies about space. I am prepped for something to go wrong. And I'm really, <laughs> I'm invested and I'm worried for my gal. And for her astronaut husband, who is waiting for her on the ground, I'm stressed yeah, out for Wayne. everybody. Yeah. I'm hoping they're not going to, like, kill these characters off right away, because that would be pretty sad. Like, we would just be. got to know them. Yeah, it would be. Uh, oh, well, on that note, I'm going to let you go watch that episode, and we will see all y'all next episode yeah where we'll cover into the abyss it's gonna be great if anyone wants to talk about a woman i know by mary haverstick find us on discord 
please. We're having a great time on Discord now. We are. It's great. It's great to be like on something that's not Twitter. Yes, I feel that. I feel that real I will also say I drank this much of my beer. (laughs) Not a fan. You're a good soldier. Yeah, it's okay. It's about the thought. It's about the name. There's still some in the can too. (laughs) Okay. Bye, Bob. Bye, Bob. Bye, Bob.